everyone. Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, SET, and I hope that you're doing well wherever you're listening from. On Bridging the Gap, I speak with brilliant artists to learn more about them, the process behind their craft, and their personal journeys in their chosen field. My guest today is someone whose work I've admired for some time. Uh, She's a trailblazer, a world builder, an archivist, and a gifted photographer. I'm very happy to welcome Isabel Okoro onto the show. Thank you for joining me today, Isabel. Thank you so much for having me, honestly. I'm really excited to chat, and that was a really kind introduction. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while, ever since we locked it in. I'm really happy to just talk about your work, but before we even start diving into everything, I noticed you've just been very outside lately, and my interpretation, just from an outsider, uh, is you look like someone that has uh, shed the burdens of a big creative project, and it's now you've processed everything, and it's time to cut loose, and it's summer, you know. Yeah, 100%. I feel like in this very specific moment of my life, like August 10th, it's it's a lot of my my outsideness is a combination of like working so much at the beginning of the year and right now just feeling like a little creatively burnt out and telling myself, okay, go have fun, like go get drunk with your friends, go have a good time, go party. And then also just like, I feel being in Toronto right now, there's a very special moment happening in the city. Like I have a lot of great friends who are DJs and they're like starting collectives and throwing all these amazing parties that is honestly just a beautiful gathering of black people. And you know, it's it's like, there's always something to look forward to. And so, yeah, like I'm, I'm always looking forward to being outside and seeing people and just like, seeing more of what life has to offer and hopefully that inspires me create creatively exactly you really have to live life to recharge and feel those creative juices and it's beautiful i'm happy for you i'm glad that you've been outside i've loved seeing like all the things that you guys are putting up and toronto has it's definitely been it's been going crazy this summer so i wish i could be out there yeah it's been it's been pretty fun maybe next year i I feel like a lot of it was just like people i was away for a very long time so when i came back to toronto i kind of felt like an outsider even because a lot of the friends that i had like in that 2020 COVID times like by the time i left i left for like 10 months and i was in like lagos for seven months in london for another four months so actually like 11 months and I was away for so long and by the time I came back it's just like it felt like people had kind of moved on and like I was just going through a really rough time like readjusting and fitting in again but honestly like once the summer just hit I started to find more people I started to like meet people and form new relationships that have honestly just like been very defining I would say for this moment of my life that's so beautiful and everything really does happen as it's supposed to I think 
or I know that you are also working in that time away, like in in Lagos and in the UK, and I think you probably learned a lot about yourself as well in that process before coming back, and it sort of helped inform these new relationships that you started to develop and build. Yeah, definitely. I think like Lagos especially because honestly like even though I was born and raised in Lagos like that was really the first time that I had experienced living there as an adult and like you know having to like move around on my own and do things for myself and like just having like obviously following the end SARS protests and like everything with the government towards the end of 2020 which is when I went back it just felt like a very different time for me like being in Lagos and I think I appreciated it so much more but at the same time I realized like okay this like home is not just like December in Lagos like it's not just December in Lagos rocks you know like home is actually like much more than that there's so many things that influence the way that your days go by in Lagos a lot of those things you don't have control over and I think that just like prepared me for for anything honestly like (laughs) if you can make it in Lagos and really figure yourself out there you can make it anywhere you can make it anywhere and like I have so much respect I have so much respect for the people I know whether they're my friends or just like peers in the creative industry I have so much respect for everyone who is Nigerian and who is an artist and creating and telling stories and making it work from there because it's not easy at all like there's so many odds stacked against you and it's just like so it's so discouraging at the same time like just like how many times can I try and just this thing just keeps working i'm not working out and it's not because i don't have the talents it's not because of any it's just because of the circumstances you know so i honestly have so much respect for all the creatives like back home who are working out of there telling our stories and doing it with such great quality as well honestly i i feel you 100 percent um i have the utmost respect for everyone back home that's really just trying to make it because like you said the odds are fully stacked against you in so many different ways it's crazy and people still find ways to to make beautiful art and to tell our stories in ways that connect and resonate way beyond our borders and i'm always in awe of the resilience really i think of the nigerian spirit and the modern nigerian creatives and how people have managed to still push a lot of different fields uh 100%. to a global scale basically 100 percent. i feel like that resilience is it's so inspiring and it's also just kind of like it's kind of sad too because life shouldn't be so hard you know like there shouldn't be all these things that are stacked against you and preventing you from simply existing or simply creating or being who you are you know it's 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 so like 
disheartening at times just thinking about how like truly messed up that country can be in terms of just like individualism and like just literally like breaking people to the point they become like shadows of themselves it's it's kind of scary and it's a lot of different like little um little like ways that it happens to whether it's through religion or like homophobia or sexism or like tribalism or just like crazy anti-blackness internalized anti-blackness like in so many different layers of things and you know yeah it's crazy yeah it shouldn't have to be that hard i i have no idea for why things are the way they are really yeah i know we're all just optimistic that somehow some way we will see a positive change and a better nigeria where things actually just function normally but it, it really shouldn't have to be that hard and i think like when i think of your work um for me there's a lot of I connect with it on a real emotional level. I think even when you're taking pictures in places like Lagos, they're very intimate and it's beautiful to me that you're capturing like these little warm, joyful moments, right? And people don't look like their situations or their surroundings essentially, or you turn their surroundings into something that feels ethereal or dreamlike and it just got me curious in thinking of like when what was like your first memory of emotionally connecting with an image or like with visuals i think so I get asked a lot like okay how did you get into photography how like when did you first pick up a camera and everything but this question is honestly really interesting I think that my first emotional connection to images definitely came through like family albums like my mom my mom is like the type to have family photo shoots every year like when we go when we would go on summer holidays when i was younger like she would always have a camera taking photos printing photos at walmart like we have like so many albums and just like so many prints of like different family moments all around the house and so naturally i just became drawn to the image as like uh as like a moment you know like the image is uh the archive of a moment and i think following that I just like over time would see myself wanting to be the one archiving those moments whether it was like taking photos on my phone or using like any camera I could find in my house like I just always wanted to like document and and have a moment in time archived and be able to go back and look at it later and I think like that eventually led into my interest in like world building and just like taking photography more serious as a form of communication, as a form of like emotional like exploration. 
that makes a lot of sense to me when you said your mom was printing out the photos at Walmart that took me back because my parents would print out at like CVS or Costco places like that and you come back like in the pack and then you get to go through the pack and there's something special about being able to hold a photograph in your hands and look at like people that you love and that you know and it's like oh I was there and I remember how I felt then so you saying that it was those photo albums it makes a lot of sense because they're naturally very emotive and it, they take you back to whatever especially when you're holding it there's just something really powerful about being able to hold that image in your hand and i feel like we get kind of robbed of that now because so much as we engaged with our phones and it's all on the same screen and you can still be affected by an image but you know it's always nice i love polaroids now definitely i love polaroids i love like photo books i love just having these like physical things that i can touch and hold and feel and flip through because like you said there like there's just there's just a different level of connection you feel when you're able to touch something and it's honestly unfortunate that like the like phones and instagram and stuff has just made it seem like the photo is a disposable thing when in actuality like photos literally existed to document and archive time but now with the way everything works it's like photos are disposable you post a photo on your story and it disappears in 24 hours you post a photo on your feed and by the time by this time next year you never see that photo again like it's just so interesting how times have changed in such a short amount of time as well yeah disposable is a good word because i haven't really thought of it like that but that is really how we treat photography now between the rise of snapchat and like you said instagram stories and every month now you have a photo dump and it's everything you literally saw and just pointed your camera at and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that but it is very interesting in how these apps have definitely changed how we engage with photography. Yep. But I also want to go back because you said you started using photography as like a form of communication. And I think as in any practice, when you start developing your own style or your own language with it, then you're able to communicate with your viewers or your audience on a deeper level over time because they're more familiar with how you create. And I think you have a very significant tone and feel to your photography. And I wanted to know how you started, what was the beginning of developing that style? I think when I started properly taking photos, I would say when I, which is when I moved to Canada back in 2016, it was a lot of just only being able to use what was readily available to me. So in terms of models, those were my friends. 
and in terms of like location scenery set design everything that was outside and so when i was in high school here i had a couple friends from nigeria and they were into fashion and honestly just like thrifting and i would say like at that point in time they were kind of like those cool kids who were like ahead of their time almost you know they were they were really interesting boys and and i started photographing them over and over and over again like i probably did like 10 shoots with them throughout the course of like six seven months and from there like it just became clear to me that okay firstly i'm interested in photographing people i'm interested in photographing like outdoors and i'm also interested in photographing images that are kind of candid and natural but also sometimes stylized and you know composed and i think something that helped me was around that time like i was on instagram obviously and i just i had just like opened myself up to like a world of of photographers like people like Ronell, people like uh tyler mitchell like all these young black photographers from different parts of the world like they were making work and they were like being seen you know and i was like okay like i can for real do this thing and I honestly saw it as a long game even back then this was probably like five years ago like five years ago I had seen like this series that um, Quill Lemons did it was called Glitter Boy was that five years ago yeah I think so it was called Glitter Boy and like I remember like seeing it being featured in an exhibition and just like seeing it all over like tumblr and instagram and just being like okay damn like the image is actually a way that people are communicating like i can say some things with photos and like i can tell more complex stories you know like it doesn't just have to be a photo of my friend in front of a wall you know i can add some context i can create like a narrative and and shape the image around that narrative and honestly from there it just became a lot of me just thinking like i would say very early on i developed like a very straightforward very direct line of thoughts like i knew what i wanted to say i knew what i wanted to document i knew the way i wanted my work to look very early on and it it took a while for me to really get there just like trial and error messing with different mediums and stuff but i would say like even where i am right now it's it's just it feels like i've just like completed one phase of how my work is supposed to look or how i i you know present images and and narratives and tell stories because obviously with the book and everything it kind of felt like a nice conclusion to to like that part of my work but now i'm just looking forward to expanding on it and I'm building building from there. I'm excited to see how you build upon it and expand it as well. I know that um, in your work, eternity is a big thing. So it doesn't surprise me that, of course, the work is still going to continue to evolve and your 
visual language, I guess, is going to continue to evolve. But up to this point, if you could, do you think you could put your visual language or some of the core themes that you like to communicate in your work? Like, through Uh, the visual language, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of my work is centered around the same, I don't know how many, but the same things. Like, I find that oftentimes, even when I create images that look completely different from each other, when I look at the language that I'm using to describe the image, it's the very, like, it's the exact same language, you know? Like, I'm, I'm always trying to see how I can say the same thing in many different ways because I feel like that's very special when you have like a certain set of values and you're like me personally right now I feel like I'm so confident and so like so grounded in my values at this moment where I feel like all that I owe myself is to explore every single part of these like ideas however I can but you know I know what these ideas I want to explore are and it's it's always things like community it's always things like love it's always things like queerness it's always things like my Nigerian heritage it's always things like my relationship with spirit spirituality it's always things like um my friends and just my interactions with people everyday life happenings like these are all the things that come together to to make up my world. This is very fascinating to me. It makes, as you're just talking, it's making so much sense how you've constructed this world and how you've constructed this style. So, like you said, even when the images look very different, there's still something familiar about it. So when you're shooting for a magazine, for example. Uh, I'm not sure how many people know that, I believe you shot Thames's first cover, magazine cover, um, yes. with Native, uh, The Girl on Fire, and yes. I guess no pun intended, Fire Shoot. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, you did the face cover uh, with Pasal Liu. Yeah. And you've done different photographs of your friends you did uh lisa falayuo for vogue and yeah all these oh i'm so sorry farida um all these shoots are very different and i want to know when you get commissioned to do something like this how much of yourself are you trying to bring into it and how much leeway do you get to bring yourself into it? I think I'm always trying to bring every part of myself to a shoot, to an image. I think, honestly, I have been so like blessed to have worked with people who trust my vision and trust my style, even being so young. I find that I have a lot of creative control on my sets I have like freedom to explore and just like truly see the image that I want to create and not have like people influencing that. I think that um, 
wait, can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, sorry. I think that um, it's been it's been oftentimes kind of tricky for me because I feel like a lot of people know me for a certain type of image and then sometimes I completely disrupt that notion in their heads like and I post something completely different but people still like it I guess because at the end of the day like this is me and honestly like first first things first I'm always trying to impress myself like I want to be able to create a fire image every single time no matter like how the image looks I don't care too much about the aesthetics I care about like is this fire like is the is the context there like am I saying am I properly communicating what I'm telling people that I'm communicating like is is my is there is there a quality check happening like am i putting out something that's quality like am i staying true to my narrative of like black community love care everything and once those boxes are ticked i honestly don't care how the image looks as long as it's fire so it's like like that's if real. you go through my book <laughs> that's just like that's just it like if you go through my 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 book sorry if you go through the book it's like there's a lot of one specific type of image which is the outdoor the very warm and silky and soft and you know friends on the beach in the park chilling and i love that that's me like inherently that is who i am like i feel like those images are probably some of my most rawest like images like those are the images that truly represent who i am but at the same time i want to make the sexy fashion image of a girl walking on the streets of london you know like i want to do it all as long as it's fire and as long as i'm staying true to to some sort of like uh belief or standard then then i don't really care yeah so whoever hires me like unless they give me a move board and they're like okay we want it to be like this 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 i'm assuming that they're calling me because they want me there they want my ideas and they are going to give me the freedom to do what i i want to do i think that sometimes i've been in situations where like i did work for someone and they were just like oh i i didn't expect this like this isn't giving me the like the isabel vibe you know and in my head i'm just like oh my god like this is what i don't want i don't want to get boxed in like i don't want to i don't want to like limit myself to to only making one type of thing because at the end of the day like i plan to create for a long time and i don't want to get bored of creating i want to like constantly challenge myself and just take risks and do whatever fits like the very specific context and mood of the project i'm really glad to hear that and learn a little bit more <laughs> about how it works for you and how you process these shoots and i think it is really cool that you do get that leeway to bring your whole self and you you also make make uh, i guess an intentional effort to bring your whole self and your style to it is it fun for you yeah. to still 
uh, subvert people's expectations? Um, I think something else is like, I'm a smart person, like in terms of I'm not going to when I get a client, the first thing I do is I go on their website and I look at like, what their past imagery looks like, I want to know why they thought I would be able to do this. And so once I kind of get a sense of that, I can then decide like, okay, how do I want to approach this where I'm bringing my whole self, but I'm also like, sticking to the client's vibe and like, their like, whole like, image, without them having to tell me like, I don't want them to tell me like, this, 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 or this, I can, I, I want to be able to tell, you know, and just like read the room and know when I should like propose what style. I think that's also something that's helped me just being able to like take in the context of different projects that I'm approached with and then using that to my advantage. And, you know, sometimes like clients approach me and I'm like, why would you think like I would be able to shoot this? Like, have you ever seen me do anything like this? But then I'm just like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to try something that I've never tried before. And like, if the photos are bad, I just will never post them or share them or whatever. Like, it's not my personal work. But, you know, sometimes I do projects like that and I learn something new. Like, I learn a new way to light something or I learn, like, something new about my camera, you know, and it's it's nice. Every opportunity really is a chance to learn, even when it goes left. Yeah, 100%. So I want to talk about your book, Friends in Eternity. And I want to say congratulations. Publishing a book, self-publishing a book is not an easy feat. I know a whole lot of work went into that. And I think it's just amazing that you been able to to pull that off and to concentrate your work into something kind of magical that we can all hold and own and just look at for years to come thank you so much it's my pleasure i want to get into the word normatopia i know you built The world that you created, that was the founding concept, I guess. So I'd love if you could describe that for everyone listening and talk about where that inspiration came from. So I think sometimes my... Sometimes I feel like maybe my subconscious self is smarter than my actual present self because a lot of the time I tend to work retroactively and like I would start something and it would be something else and then a few months later an idea comes by that just completely links both things together and is like then becomes that idea that opens the world for for um, so many different possibilities. I think like in terms of eternity and normatopia is like firstly a normatopia is think like utopia or dystopia except this this 
term is not describing something perfect and it's not describing something terribly like crazy or bad you know it's just it's describing something normal and so even before thinking about that word normatopia i was starting to think about world building and creating my own visual universe and wanting to carve out a space where i could see my friends and people i loved just like existing and living and having that be our space and you know just creating something for us by us and eternity came about probably around february 2020 january february 2020 because i was in lagos the december before and i photographed these three different projects and when i came back and i processed the film it was just like these were literally like me i always kind of say like eternity revealed itself to me because i was just going out and making these images based on how i felt and like how lagos was inspiring me but then i came back and when i processed the film i looked at it and i was like okay wait all three shoots have like a central image where the sun is sharp in focus behind and the sky is very colorful all three images are of like friends either on the beach or like in a like dreamlike type of situation and from there i just started to understand that i was trying to tell myself something like something was being said and you know i listened and that was how eternity just like revealed itself to me i think following that i became more conscious of the images i was going out to make like i had something in mind i was going to create images that could exist in eternity and it was really easy for me to define what eternity looked like because i just knew like i just knew aesthetically it had to be something that represented possibility it had to be something that represented like life and a lot of it takes place like in natural spaces where we have things like the sun or leaves or trees and these are all like endless um resources or whatever water and stuff i mean i hope because the world <laughs> is going to shit but yeah. anyways it's rough. <laughs> it's rough it's rough but yeah so afterwards like i then started to think about like the rules or not even the rules but just like the the characteristics the defining characteristics and that was how the idea of a normatopia came through it was just me really thinking like okay i don't want to spend my life creating images where i have to worry about everything being perfect or where i'm only allowed to like talk about things that are like perfect cuz like initially when i was thinking about eternity i was thinking about it in terms of a utopia so creating this w- world where it's like it's perfect like black people are perfect and this and that and it's just so like futuristic and just like you know 
very like heavy on the visualizations but like that's that can be very discouraging to me because as human beings we're not perfect like you know there's there's gonna be for example i was shooting a lot of work in lagos on the beach and there's trash on the beach all the time unfortunately but i i got to a point where i'm like i hate photoshopping the trash out of this beach because like this is literally how the beach looks in lagos and i don't want to if the image i want to create is going to be like an archive of time i want to try and stay as true to it as possible and so i started thinking more about things being normal and just defining what that normal meant to me and realizing that i saw normal as the right to be the right to be yourself the right to exist freely the right to you know like play and laugh and be sad and cry but know that things are gonna keep going and you have people around you you know like there's a very realistic optimism within this universe i love that i love that entire concept of this is a space where perfection isn't necessary and you can simply come as you are because i feel like now more than ever because of social media and how much access we have to each other's lives and how easy it is to manufacture a life it does put a lot of pressure on people to feel that they need to be perfect that the images they post need to be perfect i'm so glad that you said you were going to keep the trash on the beach in lagos because yes that is how our beaches (laughs) look beaches are man and you know at the end of the day they're fire like it's fun i'm exactly you know like it's just unfortunate because yeah we should not be having litter on the beach because the world the environment you know but that's just true me trying to stay true to that space i love it and it's necessary to Be truthful and tell that truth because like you said, you are still capturing that moment in time and we hope that there comes a day where there isn't trash on the beach and we can somehow reverse (laughs) the way this planet is totally cooked. But till then, then, let us come as we are and understand that these are the spaces we inhabit. Exactly. The book is filled with a lot of love and i think especially the first time i went through it at times it almost feels like you are peeking at something you necessarily shouldn't be just a very intimate moment between people yes and i wanted to know if that was by design to give that almost you know you're just looking at what is supposed to be a special moment and you're the one that's capturing it and now translating it for people to see so i love two things firstly i love the way you said that the book feels like love love because that's that's the goal i think as a person 
through like personal experiences and just like situations in life and everything i feel like i do a, I, I do a lot to convince myself or to hold on to that hope that this world is not loveless you know like it takes a lot even just to surrender to love and just like embrace community and embrace other people and say no to individualism and say not that it's necessarily a bad thing you know i feel like obviously everything is a balance but i feel like nowadays there's a certain like within our generation there's a certain feeling amongst people that being loveless uh and being like cold or you know like I'm, I figure everything out on my own. I don't need anybody. Nobody owes me anything. Like that kind of mentality. I feel like it's so dangerous. And it's just like a lot of what I'm saying in my work is honestly pushing for that love. I'm pushing for that realization that love is truly beautiful. However that love appears, whether it's through friendship, whether it's through romantic connections, through family, you know, through art that love is the thing that we have to strive for as human beings and that's like eternity is love you know eternity is very it's very much filled with love like when i create for that world i think i think if anything it also sorry more than anything it also like it taught me how to like believe in myself and believe in that love because i believe so like i believe in eternity so much i believe in the things i'm saying i believe in the stories i want to tell i believe in my hopes and dreams and visions for the world and so as a byproduct of that i heard i had to like sort sort of like learn or maneuver and figure out how to apply some of that to myself and start to like see love in everything else around me and yeah so eternity is love and with regards to the peaking i think it was very intentional by ayotunde who ayotunde sule who designed my book um she was very like i love ayo because she just we have a way of understanding each other because ayo sees the possibilities in things even before like there's a concrete idea like she's always so willing to explore and so willing to push boundaries and so when it came to like designing the book she came to me and she was like Issa I'm going to make something that is like we're gonna break all the rules like we're gonna have so much negative space we're gonna have like blank pages we're going to have like images in different sizes and we're gonna use these non-conventional ways of storytelling and force people to really consider like what it's like to actually flip through a book with the intention that it was like it was designed with and so it's very much that peeking into a, a world and like being the fly on the wall and just like sometimes getting enough 
sometimes getting just enough and other times getting so much and sometimes getting nothing like a completely blank blank page you know like it was very much us thinking how can we regulate the viewers experience as they're flipping through the book and just sort of make sure that eternity also as a universe is very on the move like we didn't want it to feel stationary we didn't want it to feel like it's just photos on a page in the exact same spot every time you flip the page we wanted people to feel like this world was dynamic and it was moving because that's really what it's about shout out to io first of all she shout out to io <laughs> she killed that shout out to io shout out to ade local global you know you know no you don't know but if you know you know <laughs> shout if out to the whole know, team you won't know shout out to the whole team for real that's i love that the approach was let's break all the rules because going through the book once you start realizing oh this is not a normal photo book each page yeah. that you're flipping is now okay what am i about to get into next yeah and you definitely captured that feeling of i am the fly on the wall in someone else's space yeah and it's it's a very just unique experience i hope if you're listening to this if you have the book i hope you have sort of experienced what i've experienced if you don't have the book I hope so too. you need to go get it and experience go get it experience what all of us are experiencing listen listen <laughs> but i think you've just created this at a very vital time because even in my own life over the past couple of years by nature of everything that's happened i've spent a lot of time alone and i've had to learn to almost surrender to the power of love in terms of self-love in terms of platonic love within my community and in terms of romantic love even and it's very scary because love demands you to be vulnerable and i think you captured that vulnerability and you were able to translate that through these images in a place where there's a lot of love but there's a lot of competing conflicting very strong emotions nigerians are such passionate spirited people yes but you managed to create a world that feels very quiet and dreamy where being vulnerable doesn't sound as scary necessarily. Hundred percent. I want. I think oh, like. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say like I think like vulnerability is honestly a superpower that not enough people are willing to tap into because. When you allow yourself be vulnerable, you you allow yourself like you allow yourself be your true self, 
without having to like to worry or to mask anything up you know like i feel like our most vulnerable selves are our true selves and yeah i'm i'm never going to not tap into that vulnerability because a lot of like good art and being able to like touch people like actually touch people and create things that make them feel something a lot of that has to do with who you are as a person and how you actually feel about the world around you and the people around you and you know that always reflects in the work somehow exactly exactly and you're doing a brilliant job of reflecting that and showing the power of these relationships and that power of vulnerability and what you can do with it and how you can make people feel with it and it's very exciting to be a partaker of your art and be on this journey that you want to take us all in and be in this world that you've been able to really build out and give us the privilege of seeing the people that inhabit it yeah so with the book it's a large feat of course and it's not something that can be done alone so how what was the process of building your team and how were you able to translate your vision your very specific vision of this world for them to now help you construct shout out local global man like Adi and Ayo those two beautiful talented women held me down like throughout the process I think it was it was my first so I had self-published a zine a few years ago called from Lagos with love before that like all I really did was I created the PDF and I sent it straight to the printer and they just sent me the prints. I never got any samples. Like it was like an online order from one random print shop in Toronto. And then that was like my first time or my first experience really having my work printed and holding it in my hand. And I knew I wanted it to be, I wanted to do it again. And actually, funny enough, I really, Adi and I went to high school together here. That's how we know each other. But we really started becoming, like, we really became close friends because she bought a copy of the book. And we met up at a train station and I handed it over to her. And we just stayed in touch ever since. And now we work together. But anyways, like, I think just like printing as a as a medium is so tough because it's very technical and it's also very expensive and very time consuming and it's like it's also very specific so even with the book there were so many things that changed at the very last minute even down to after i had already announced the book like there were things that we had to change because materials were scarce or it would take so much like it would delay the process of the printing and everything and so like it was just like me 
and us learning how to really cope with expectations and honestly without them it would have been so much harder like but just having them around to like take the some of the load off like i was handling all the like design stuff like ade was handling like logistics and like we were all just doing a bit of everything honestly like we were doing every single thing and it was just great to have like people who held me down like that and and yeah like i'm grateful shout out to ade as well i didn't know that's how you shout guys met yeah that's how we like proper started like talking and became friends wow it makes a lot of sense though because i know her for always being a supporter of everyone yes. around her and a, a cheerleader yeah. really like the she's ultimate cheerleader the she's the goat honestly so you've done a lot of work with your friends of course they're recurring characters in across all of your work through your character studies through the book how important has your community been in terms of visual muses and then a support system just outside of even art i think like sometimes it's still so crazy to me just how much art or even an image can touch someone and make them feel things and make them feel seen i think like being in toronto right now like when i go out i get people coming up to me being like oh my god like that photo you took really i had never seen anything like it like it made me see myself or like just telling me so many like sweet things about my work and it's just like i never really expected that i was creating for more than like myself you know like i wanted people to feel seen and everything but i didn't know just how seen they they were feeling like i didn't know just how much like representation and everything means to people and it's just honestly been beautiful like and it's sort of like validating because these are the people that i'm that I'm like building eternity for, you know, these are the people I'm carving the space out for. So it's very like validating when people just tell me how much like my work means to them or how much like, you know, a certain project resonated with them. And that honestly inspires me. Like firstly, that like ability to communicate with my community and have them like open up and listen to what i'm saying like that's very inspiring for me and i think it's also like they also inspire me because it's very like it's very sometimes i would say it's very like hard sometimes as an artist to navigate like being the person that like it's most times it's two things it's either you're like that low-key artist that you know you're not really putting your life out there you're not really showing much more than the the work or some artists like are more relatable and more like 
open to sharing parts of themselves and i think just like seeing people um seeing other artists like go through that and like share parts of their self honestly like inspired me <laughs> honestly inspired me like artists like Renell, like watching how like she's so she's so like good at what she does but she's also so like i'm living my life and you know i'm having a great time and i love it like i love when you're able to see a deeper like part of someone and like see why maybe they're they're saying the things that they're saying or creating the work that they're creating exactly and that's even where i started with you being outside because <laughs> i feel like even if you're not taking pictures now it's still going to translate into beautiful work down the line just because of the experiences yeah. you're having now and how they're going to inform the work you're going to do in the future exactly but we're thankful for the communities that surround us. I'm grateful for your community even and how they've been able to inspire you and uplift you and give you the space to be you and create the work that you create. Yes, I'm, I'm so like, honestly, like it's, it's a great thing. It's a privilege. It's something I don't take for granted. You know just being seen and heard and and having having like a great community of like-minded people around me it's it's very much needed guidance it's a blessing it's a blessing for it's sure so the last thing I want us to touch on is color and feel and I know it started out as one thing, but it's turned into a whole, I almost want to say mind dump, internet archive of Isabel's life and thoughts. Yes. And I just want you to, to explain what your, what your aim really is with it. color and feel like yeah i think that was color and feel was the first time really that was the first time since i started like eternity that i gave myself a chance to break the rules and deviate and do something else and just be messy and fun with it and it was kind of during lockdown like i was learning how to process my own film like i was taking all these self-portraits and I also had like some other photos that I was constantly re revisiting and wanting to like experiment or re-edit or play with. And so I just started to think about color because color is so important as human beings. Like I started to think about color and like how color influences emotions, but also how emotions influence interpretation of colors. And you know, that was the initial like premise and it was inspired by like Carrie Mae Weems colored people series aesthetically and I think from there I just like I kind of got bored I was like okay I've done enough of these color experiments like 
but there's so much more that I have to say about how I'm feeling in this moment, which was like lockdown and stuff. And so I just started to use it as a journal, started to use it as like an archive of time. Like I have some tweets up there, I have videos, I have movies, I have poetry, writing, screenshots, like just a lot of things that archive the certain places that my mind is visiting as time goes by i think it's very important to to have an archive of thoughts and i think now right now i kind of see color and feel evolving to to be like a collection of documents like for example we published my book under color and feel but color and feel originally was a website was a page on my website so i want to see how i can approach color and feel as like a collection of different documents that exist across different mediums and the whole point of these documents is just to serve as an archive of where my mind is at any given moment like for example friends in eternity that's just the introduction that's just the baby um the baby universe you know but that's like a document that's that archive of thoughts and i I think that's how i see color and feel evolving that's really cool i think it's important like you said to document thought and i love that you've on the page it says this is going on for eternity and as i was scrolling through at least the first time the word that popped into my head was legacy and not, I guess, in a corny way because I feel like legacy is a word that has certain connotations, if you get what I mean. But at the same time, in its core, it's this is something that will live on even after I'm gone. And I think of someone like Virgil and his free game website where he literally archived different tools that any creative person can use in perpetuity to educate themselves and enhance their craft, even if it's just to a small degree. So I love that you're also looking to bring in documents and I'm excited to see how you evolve it over time. Me too. Honestly, like I have no idea right now, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I love color and feel. I think yeah, I mean it'll come to you and I can't wait to see what happens next. Um uh, are you working on anything at the moment? I think like since the book finished probably I've only done like one sort of personal project. A lot of things I've been doing have just been like commissions and like exhibitions and stuff. But I feel, I can't lie, I feel kind of like so mentally, not even mentally, like so creatively lazy right now. Like I, I was telling my friend the other day, I was like, I need to stop going out because Toronto is draining all my creative juice. Like, I just feel like so... I don't know, I also just kind of feel like... 
I need this moment again to pause and breathe and reflect because this was kind of how I felt in 2020 and that was when eternity and everything came came to me so now I'm just looking forward to like not looking forward to anything really but I do have a couple of like really cool stuff that I had been working on like some stuff from last year some stuff from like earlier this year that that will be dropping like this month so that's pretty cool when does this podcast drop this episode is probably going to drop early september actually so this we're shooting we're recording not shooting we're recording this in august for those listening so by the time you're listening to this isabel has probably dropped some fire shit for us i probably dropped some fire shit i i think like the most exciting thing that i have coming out um actually no i wouldn't say it's the most exciting thing but um the one i've really been looking forward to the most is like this short film i directed in lagos last year called surrender to the flow like why i say i'm looking forward to it the most is because like it's been so long in the making and i'm just so excited to see like how it's received and also see how like it fits in within the context of all my other work coming out around the same time but yeah the only reason like it's not the most exciting thing for me is just because like it's been a while ago but other than that yeah i'm really itching for that film to drop um like soon 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 but can't wait for that i love a short film surrender to the flow the name is already it's already setting the vibe setting the scene so <laughs> i can't wait to see what that actually looks like yeah it, it's it's great i love it so where can the people listening find you and your work my instagram is at isabella coro that's I-S-A-B-E-L-O-K-O-R-O. And my website is isabellocoro.com. Um, that's pretty much it. I don't give out my Twitter like that because Twitter is for is for oversharing. Real. That's real. Please Twitter protect your space. <laughs> protect your space. Twitter is already a crazy place. So I it's fully understand. Crazy. Yeah, I fully get you. Where can we find friends in eternity? That's a great question. Because it was moving through the streets like crack. And right now, it's really okay. So if you're in New York, you can find it. They might have some copies at the Gucci Wooster bookstore, courtesy of Dashwood Books. If you're in Toronto, you can get it at Contact Gallery, um, which is like Spadina and something, I can't remember, but Contact Gallery Bookstore. And if you're in Lagos, you can get it from Severe Nature at 2 Alexander Road. Unfortunately, at this moment, we are not available for purchase online because there's just like not that many copies left and it doesn't make sense to like pay for a web store for like 
twenty books. That's real. So if you're listening, you have to go out into the streets to get this. I have my copy. Oh, you see, yeah. If you don't have your copy, you like set. If you don't have your copy, go out and get one. It is truly an experience. I'm so happy to have this book, and I know I'm gonna cherish being able to just flip through it and enjoy these images for eternity. Thank you. Oh. Thank you so much. (laughs) No, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for joining me. I've really wanted to speak with you for a while now and understand more about you and your work. So this has been really great. And I'm just grateful for you taking the time to come and share yourself with us. Of course. Like, this was such a great chat. I feel like I can't lie, I was kind of unfiltered in this chat, which is nice, because it felt more like a friendly chat. Most times when I've done stuff like this, it's been with like, I don't know, it's been more official. But yeah, thank you for having me. Like, I can't wait for the rest of the episodes to come out so I can learn more about some other amazing creatives. Thank you so much. I'm glad we were able to get you to be unfiltered. That's that's what I want to do here. Just make people feel comfortable. And yes, stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming up with other wonderful creatives. I'm not going to say who, but stay tuned and you will definitely see. All right. Thank you again, Isabel, for joining me. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, I'm SET and this has been Bridging the Gap. Thank you.